It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Vikings, your daily Minnesota Vikings podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Oh, yeah. Christmas on Locked On Vikings. It's Sam Ekstrom at Sam Ekstrom on Twitter. Hope everybody's enjoying their family, enjoying the holiday season. On Saturday night, after the Vikings 16-0 win, I recorded a reaction with Luke Inman on Facebook Live via 93x, 93x.com, one of our great partners at Zone Coverage. Here is the audio of that chat. Again, hope everyone has a great holiday season, and here's what we had to think and say about the Vikings 16-0 win. It's the 93X Purple Post game. Vikings shut out the Green Bay Packers. Luke Inman looking around the 93X studios. Phenomenal. Uh, Merry Christmas Eve, Eve to everybody. Eve tomorrow, Christmas Day in two days. The Vikings get the win. 16-0, they shut out Green Bay. They're 12-3, and and let's just set the stage now for what happens next, Luke. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Vikings can still get home field throughout the playoffs. If they win next week and Philadelphia loses Monday to Oakland and loses next week against Dallas, Vikings, number one seed. Now, if Carolina loses tomorrow, Vikings get a bye. And I think, Luke, that's the biggest thing. Get the bye. Get to the divisional round. Sure. Hello, Aretha Son. Back in the house, Thanks for tuning in. Aretha Son. He's not with us today. He's Try that Vermont syrup. It's good in your hair. It is. Luke Inman good. is just elated tonight. He's yeah. About you, you know, it's one of those things where you can sit here and talk about all the different scenarios and situations of what's going to happen for the playoffs. But bottom line, Vikes just need to go win. I think if you're sitting there and you get the two seed and not the one seed, don't be too bummed out. Because when you look at the Eagles, who will likely end up with the one seed, if the Vikings do not, without – Carson Wentz, you have to think, even though it's just one game, you have to think that they will maybe not be the favorite in that game with a loaded NFC. We were talking about this the whole game, loaded NFC versus a pretty weak AFC this year. But any one of the six seeds in the NFC could go on a run. You're talking about the Falcons who were just there last year. Obviously, Seattle or Dallas could sneak in. But Carolina, Vikings lost to Carolina. The Saints are not the same Saints seeds that we're used to. And, then of course, the Rams, very, very good young core of Sean McVay and Jared Goff. So even if they don't get the one seed, still could end up with that home field throughout, which really when you think about playing at the Super Bowl at home, pretty unheard of. Vikings could get the bye again if they win next week. Even if Carolina wins out, they just have to beat the Bears next week. And, of course, they're going to beat the Bears. Folks, the Vikings could go 13-3 and this season. I think out of the last three games, people looked at this one and said, maybe the Vikings could have a hiccup here. You're on the road. You're in Lambeau. Hostile environment. But you know what? The Green Bay Packers just handed them this game. There was so much ineptitude on so many levels. Brett Hundley, 130 yards passing, and some of that was in garbage time. 3.3 yards per attempt. Are you kidding me? His receivers dropped at least four passes. Play calling was conservative, and when they tried to go deep, Brett Hundley was incredibly inaccurate. Harrison Smith, two interceptions, but 
it's almost like the defense didn't have to do that much to get a shutout today. Yeah, not not only just drops by the Packer receivers, but a lot of third down drops Huge. and a lot of close plays down in the red zone. Actually, when you go back and watch this game, it was actually a lot tighter and could have been a lot closer and more dramatic towards the end of the game than maybe the score led on because. You know, you look at a Xavier Rhodes fourth down, maybe a little chippy play that playoffs that could go either way. No call. And again, you saw the Hundley pretty accurate throw when he needed to. Um, just didn't get a lot of help tonight. Not to be unexpected. Very cold out. Division games end up being a lot closer than most people think they will, despite maybe the talent level difference between the two teams. Again, though, you escape out of there 16-0. to zero. You just want to get home. You want to get warm. You want to go get ready for Chicago back at home. And I'm not going to put too much stock in the Vikings' poor offensive numbers tonight. Case Keenum had one of his worst statistical games. He was very inaccurate on the deep balls. Should have hit Diggs a couple times. Should have hit Thielen and just couldn't convert down the field. He was 14 of 25 for 139. One touchdown, a very nice pass yeah. to Stephon Diggs. But again, his first game playing in freezing temperatures, he probably won't encounter that in the playoffs. I'm okay with the result. Uh, the running game was decent for the Vikings. Latavius Murray had 69 yards. Jarek McKinnon had nice. 42 yards, mm. six yards per carry. Uh, Stephon Diggs, five catches, 60 yards, one touchdown. Nice game for Diggs. Injuries, though, Luke. Three key injuries. Wow. Tell me which one is more severe. <laughs> Nick Easton, broken ankle, done. Done. Jeremiah Searles is going to be your new left guard, folks. Shamar Stephan, ankle. Mm -hmm. We don't know how he is. Mm -hmm. That's a depth defensive tackle. Mm -hmm. Long snapper Kevin McDermott, a rare position yeah. to get injured. Yeah. David Morgan, the, the long-haired Fabio, is your good. new long snapper. What do you think? Yeah, it's McDermott for sure because, again, Rick Spielman throughout this whole year, nobody gives Rick Spielman a lot of credit, but throughout this whole year when there has been injuries, guys from the second team, right, or even the third team have stepped up and they haven't skipped a beat, whether it's Anthony Harris or J. Ron Kirsch or any of those guys, Rashad Hill, you name it, those guys have played great. Kevin McDermott, as a long snapper, Sam, that's not a position that you just have a backup ready to roll. Right. There's only 53 spots, 46 on active game day. There's not enough roster spots to really have a backup long snapper. So depending on what that injury may be, that's something to keep in, in mind throughout the week that are they going to bring in a long snapper at Winter Park this week in Eden Prairie to bring in competition? Probably will, no matter what his status is. Hopefully, though, even if he has to miss this next game, you get him back with that bye in the playoffs in three weeks, and he's ready to go because clearly that's a key component. When you think about how the Vikings like to play games, low scoring, don't make mistakes, do well on special teams, that could be a huge, huge factor moving forward in the playoffs. Hi, this is David Locke, the CEO of the Lockdown Podcast Network. In this crazy, unprecedented, and unnerving time, I know we're all living our lives a little differently. I thought we had some of our sponsors over the time that might be able to help you out. So we've reached out to them to get you specific offers. Postmates is giving our listeners $100 of free delivery credit for their first seven days. Start your free deliveries, download the Postmates app, and use the promo code LOCKEDONNBA. Anxiety, stress, need something to calm yourself down? The Calm app is available for you. 40% off to our listeners at calm.com slash locked on NBA. Stuck at home? Want fitness? Echelon Fit has been a sponsor of ours. And you can go to echelonfit.com slash L-O-N-B-A. And if you're looking to add some new knowledge and get a little smarter in your free time, 
masterclass or at least your time at home masterclass.com slash per is offering 15 percent off if you missed any of those go to lockdownpodcast.com slash offers that's lockdownpodcast.com slash offers thank you very much for tuning in to lockdown podcast network we hope to be here for you to give you a relief and uh, respite from all the other news and thanks very much be safe and practice your social distancing and Morgan's presence didn't kill him tonight, though there were some dicey snaps on those place kicks. It's not punts I'm necessarily worried about because the, there's a little more wiggle room with punts. You don't have to get that process down so precisely. But with field goals and extra points, you've got to get it right to the spot. The holder's got to get it down. The field yeah. goal kicker has like 0. .3 seconds to get up to the ball and kick it. And there were some bad snaps tonight from Morgan. So they got to make sure that's squared away. That's going to be a potentially big factor going forward. Again, with Easton, and much respect to Nick Easton. He's been solid this year, yeah. but not good. I don't think he's been great, and maybe no. not even good. He's been the weak link on that line, makes a couple mistakes every game. I think Jeremiah Searles is more than competent at left guard. As long as Searles doesn't get hurt. You're going to be okay. Don't quote me on when Easton was drafted, if at all, but I'm telling you, for a late-round guy or undrafted guy, he's played very admirably. But at the, at the end of the day, when you look at 22 starters and you ask me, Luke, who's the one or two guys that you say, if somebody was going to get hurt from these starters, who would you be able to skate by with going into the playoffs? I would have told you Nick Easton. He's been good enough at left guard playing next to Pat Elfline, the rookie center from Ohio State, and Riley Reeve for Rashad Hill. But after, you know, really breaking his ankle, and then, you know, he's done for the playoffs, like you said. I think all in all, to be able to sneak in a guy like Jeremiah Searles, you're not going to skip much of a beat. And I think it's really lucky that the fact that, again, maybe the guy or two that got hurt tonight wasn't a major factor in really your moving forward, your, your future game plan like a Harrison Smith, a Xavier Rhodes, a Linval Joseph. One more game to play, so cross your fingers. But I would expect to see next week, if they can get up to an early league quick, second half, you don't see all those starters. And it might be a game where they can even start some backups, depending on if that sure. bye week is wrapped up going into it, which it might be. But again, you also might be playing for that number one seed. And if you are, you probably have to go after that. Thankfully, it's the Bears. It is. And you can, prob- home. You can probably wrap that game up by right. midway through the third quarter. Now, in terms of the offense, it wasn't great tonight. Again, I'm not putting too much weight on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like Case Keenum's throws tonight, I think he makes a lot of those in a dome stadium. I think he has been more accurate on the deep balls than he was tonight. It was seven degrees out there, Luke. I think you can give him a, a pass. Yeah, don't, don't uh, you know, make sure you put enough stock into that weather tonight. Because you told me even last night, I said, Sam, that eight and a half spread, that's just not enough. I would have thought Vikings 13 or 14. And you said, you know, that that cold weather really evens the playing field. You saw that tonight. Mm-hmm. I think clearly we knew, especially with the Packer injuries, the Vikings were the better team. But again, a cold weather game like that, we saw it against Seattle last year really brings everything down to a lot of elements and a lot of who can win the turnover battle, which the Vikings won 2-0 to zero tonight against Brent Hundley. But I certainly agree with you. I'm not too worried about Case Keenum. Yeah, the long throws weren't there tonight. Tough to complete a lot of those, the chemistry, the timing. How slippery was that field, by the it way? It was terrible. Very slippery. Yeah. You see that in Soldier a lot as well. But, but you get the, the, the Bears at home next week. All those things start to disappear. Let Case Keenum start that first half, get a rhythm going, and then end his season on really a hot streak. 
hopefully that's the dream scenario. If you got to play in the whole game, so be it. Zimmer, old school guy, he's not afraid to do that. Again, if you got any questions here, it's Sam Ekstrom and Luke Inman. We cover the Vikings. You can listen to me on Lockdown Vikings Daily with Sage Rosenfels. You can hear Luke on the Zone Coverage Football Machine, which drops Wednesday nights, zonecoverage.com. Any questions, shoot them at us here. We're around for the next five to ten minutes, and we can answer those. Um, when you look back at what this team has done, Luke, they're 12-3. and three. Crazy. They started the year 2-2. Two and two. They've won 10 out of 11 games. We are entering territory where this is a historically good Vikings team. 98. He's always going to stand up as probably the gold standard, probably the best Vikings team in history that obviously didn't make the Super Bowl. We don't need to go down that road too much. But where would you put this team against 2009? Yeah. How would you compare that? Yeah, I think this team is much more balanced and it's much mm-hmm. deeper. It was very Brett Farver bus type of feel to that 09 season. As good as the defense that they really did have. Uh, with guys like Chad Greenway in his prime, Ben Lieber, young spry guys like Cedric Griffin, Antonio Winfield was a vet, a stud, uh, Tyrell Johnson, a great safety during that stretch. But this team, it's not so much all the eggs are in that quarterback basket. This team is very balanced, not only on offense and defense. And although the Brett Favre team could score a lot of points quick, they could go for splash, explosive plays, this team can do that. But if you need to grind out a game, this offense has already proven that they can do that as well. Didn't see that a lot with the 0-9 team. Very, very balanced, very deep. I think that's the big difference between the two teams. I think, again, getting out of these last two games here, one's already done, Easton done for the year. Getting out of that Chicago Bear game next week at home healthy is the big thing to really look forward to. Huge. And, I, and just to add on to the 2009 point, yeah, I look back at that 2019. They got killed by the Cardinals. They got mm-hmm. killed by the Panthers, mm-hmm. and they lost to the Bears on the road. This team only has one decisive loss against Pittsburgh, a top team in the AFC. They, they should have beaten Detroit at home. They should have beaten Carolina on the road. Despite many mistakes, they were still in both of those games. I think this team it really has – you could say they should be 14-1. and one. They've been very close in two of their losses. And the defense, I think, is so much better than that 2009 team. They're better coached. And there are very few weaknesses. You're nitpicking, you know, you can you can talk about Trey Wayne's deficiencies in coverage, maybe Andrew Sandejo's tackling, but those are very small issues compared to some of the issues that plagued other Vikings teams of the past. Week five, I'm at the Lions game at home in the bank. We're two and two. Right? Case Keenum coming off a loss, his first start against Pittsburgh. And you're sitting there, and he's got three more turnovers. Excuse me, the, the offense had three more turnovers in that line game, and you lose Dalvin Cook. You go to you go to two and two, and you're sitting there going, "Who are we?" Packers are looking good. Um, you know, it seems like one of those situations, those turning points in the first half of the season, where you go, "We got a tough stretch coming up." We know about the three road games after the London game at Washington, at Atlanta, at Detroit, at Carolina. But look at us now. It seems like every win, every tough game that they win, they grow more confidence. They grow a little bit sharper. It's year four of Mike Zimmer. How cohesive. I mean, it's 11 guys playing as one right now in that Zimmer defense. And you saw that leap, right, that proverbial leap from year three to year four. Uh, these games, again, these tough games, that's what you want going into the playoffs. A lot of teams talking about the Saints being a dangerous team, which they are. 
But again, nobody's going to want to play a team like the Vikings that seem to just be continuing to grow more cohesive on defense and then making enough plays and really more so on offense, not making the mistakes, the crucial critical mistakes like some other teams. This defense is going to be great in the playoffs. And what did I tell you during this game? The Vikings have not allowed a point, a single point, in the first three quarters of each of their last two games. And if not for a wacky Teddy Bridgewater interception last week, they would have two shutouts in a row. Two shutouts in a row. Yeah. The third down defense, like 26% this year. Breaking records. Best third down percentage since 1991, 26 years ago. Yeah. That is a historically great defense. And if this team were to win a Super Bowl, I think you would talk about the 2000 Ravens, 85 Bears, you probably have the gold standard, but this is close. They're on their heels. Well, if they win the Super Bowl, again, you will be talking about those kinds of stats because when you win the big game, that's what kind of comes with all the glory. You start to nitpick and look at those stats of how they got there, and that's the reason being. Why are they so good on third down, though, Sam? It's because they're putting these offenses in third and long, or at least seven or eight third and 10, third and 12, not manageable like their offense is playing in third and three, third and four. I think when you get to a team like the Saints that run the ball so well, you're going to have to really tighten all the clamps up. You're going to have to really, uh, again, play flawless defense, which, again, is going to be a big test. I expect them to play a team like the, the, the Saints in the playoffs, but I expect this team, again, with the cohesiveness that you've seen, uh, to step up to the challenge, especially at home. Talking to Grant here, Grant and Trent going back and forth about who the Vikings would play in their first game. Well, first of all, Grant wanted to know, do the Panthers have to win both their remaining games to get the second seed? The answer is yes. Panthers would have to win out. They would also have to win the NFC South. So the Saints have to lose one. Panthers have to win two. Vikings have to lose to the Bears in order for Carolina to get that two seed. Probably not going to happen. Probably not going to happen. Vikings probably are going to get a bye. Um, Next question. Do we know who we will most likely play in the first game? There's no way to know. You got to see what happens in the wild card round. It would be the higher seeded team remaining from the wild card round. So Philadelphia gets the lower seeded team. Vikings get the higher seeded team remaining. So or the th- or the or the three sure. or the four sure. depends on who wins hey. those games. It could be the Rams, the Saints, the Panthers. We just don't know yet. I mean, so much is going to happen. This is why I haven't really played this game yet with you grand is because so much is going to happen not only tomorrow sunday christmas eve but this next week i mean you got teams like dallas and seattle play each other the winner of that gonna move on hopefully be still in at six seed the losers out so much is gonna happen i haven't even tried to really break down who's most likely to play for the vikings bottom line Everybody's good, Grant. Everybody, Saints, Rams, Panthers, Falcons, Seahawks, or Cowboys, they're all good. So, I mean, it's a the NFC is stacked this year. And if you look at the AFC, really kind of polar opposites when you look at, you know, Andrew Luck's hurt. A lot of people had the Colts going in. You're looking at the Titans, the Ravens, who are a sneaky team, the Jaguars, and, of course, you've got the Patriots, Steelers, but nobody's dominating. Nobody's really going into each game saying, I'm going to spank this team. So it'll be interesting. The NFC loaded, AFC, a little weak year this year. Last one. Harrison Smith, two picks tonight, but he's not a pro bowler. Yeah, he sucks. He's, he's not, not a pro bowler. It's fluke. I mean, when Harrison Smith goes makes those plays, tackle for loss, as you saw early in the game, uh, splash plays, uh, a crucial interception and man coverage, 
in the red zone. Uh, those are fluke plays, you guys. Okay, and that's why he doesn't make the 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 uh, the Pro Bowl because those are accidental plays. Right place, right time. What am I doing? I'm being sarcastic. Harrison Smith <laughs> is the best safety in the league. You mentioned it. Had he had this game before the voting, he definitely should have made the playoff or excuse me, the Pro Bowl. Yeah. So we'll see how it all shakes out. Again, Limbaugh should have made it. You could argue Kendrick should have made it. Uh, it's a popularity contest. The fact that Earl Thomas got in, a guy who missed four or five games over Harrison Smith, a little goofy. Yeah, it's crazy. Luke Inman on Twitter, at Luke underscore Spinman. I'm Sam Ekstrom, at Sam Ekstrom. We cover the Vikings for zonecoverage.com, and you can also find our work at 93x.com. We're here every week talking Vikings after the game. We'll be here next week talking after the Week 17 game against the Bears and obviously into the playoffs as well. Plenty of coverage, zonecoverage.com. 93x.com. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thanks for your questions. Thanks for your participation, not just tonight, but all year. A Merry Christmas to everybody. Happy holidays. Uh, Be safe. Enjoy your family. And we'll talk to you next week as the Vikings continue this epic season and get into the playoffs. Hey, Locked On Minnesota listeners. This is Tony Abbott here to tell you about the brand new Locked On Wild podcast, where my co-host Joe Bully and I break down the Minnesota Wild every single day. How can you listen? Just search for Locked On Wild in your favorite podcast app and subscribe to bring Locked On Wild to your device every day.